Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. The American Medical Association offers suggestions for vaccine encouragement. While public health officials had hoped that healthcare workers would be an easy group to vaccinate and serve as a model for the population, the Kaiser Family Foundation found that this demographic of healthcare workers, uh, they're about as hesitant as the population at large. While healthcare workers may have differing justifications for their hesitancy, there is a pressing need to overcome the attitudes to vaccinate as many Americans as possible. Now, JAMA proposes five behavior-based strategies for vaccine encouragement. First, the vaccine must be free and easily accessible. Research has proven in the past that eliminating small fees and hassle factors for public health benefit programs increase participation. Vaccines should be available in several outlets, such as schools and retail pharmacies, to increase convenience. To appeal to people's desire for convenience, priority access could be also provided to those who sign up to get the vaccine early. After essential groups receive the vaccine, the state health organizations could also consider giving priority to leadership to create a credible enhancing display for their employees. While leaders participate in recommended behavior, it is generally more effective than simply suggesting the behavior. In the same respect, the journal suggests that having public leaders endorse the vaccine. Now, the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA, also suggests presenting the vaccine as a public act or civic duty, like the pushes for blood donation or voter participation. Now, the other thing is that clinics may also consider providing stickers. Social accountability online may also motivate those who are on the fence. And in addition to this, certain settings like schools, workplaces, and recreational places could make entry contingent on vaccination without certain exemptions. Now, in the past, as scientific authority was increasingly undermined, it's understandable that we've seen vaccine hesitancy occur within our population. But the Journal of the American Medical Association says public health officials and departments must prioritize accessibility to overcome this and frame the vaccine as a larger part of the pandemic response. And let me just also add as well that Dr. Griggs and I got vaccinated live on television here in the local news uh, for our first dose. And tomorrow at the time of this taping, Dr. Griggs and I will be getting our second Moderna dose together live on television to show our fellow uh, New Orleanian citizens how easy it is and how responsible it is to be vaccinated. So, We'll definitely keep you up to date on that as well. Australian vaccine abandoned after false HIV results. All right, as the pandemic rages on, many countries are developing vaccines to help. All right, that's good. Of course, we love that. Now, Australia was on the cusp of a promising vaccine, but surprisingly, some of the vaccine participants started to return positive HIV trials after receiving it. What? Now, the vaccine 
uh, had been in stage one of trials and had been successful in making coronavirus antibodies. That we like that. That's good. However, it also generated HIV antibodies in some trial participants, which meant that it showed a false positive for HIV. Further testing proved that HIV was not really there. Yikes. That does not sound good. And for people who are then given a HIV diagnosis when there is no HIV diagnosis as a result of a vaccine producing false antibodies, that is not good. I can tell you that. Now, all right, so the vaccine maker said that it would at least take a year to fix the flaw in the vaccine, but we're adamant that the results were false and that none of the participants' healths were at risk. However, the Australian Department of Health didn't want there to be any issues with vaccine confidence from the public, so the trial was completely abandoned. Now, the vaccine from Australia also was co-led by Paul Young, and he described the decision to abandon the trial as devastating, and I can imagine it can be, especially after 11 months of living and breathing that project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see as a scientist, that is devastating. But other medical experts have praised the realistic decision to abandon the vaccine, saying it actually reflects the reality of vaccine development. Now, the BBC News reports that an infectious diseases expert from the Australian National University says, in general, about 90% of vaccines never make it to market. Now, as a global community, we have spoiled all the unprecedented swiftness and success with which the development of COVID-19 vaccines have taken place. So luckily, Australia does not need to abandon the vaccine for emergency distribution because their community transmission rate is so extremely low. And they say that they will have full population coverage in 2021 just from the two vaccines that have already been developed. But let me just say this at the time of this recording right now, there was, I think, one new case in Western Australia, and I think all of Australia is actually locking down for five days. So y'all in Australia, take y'all's lockdowns and cases very seriously, and I love it. Citizen Science. As stifling as quarantining and isolating has been during the coronavirus pandemic, there has been some silver linings, and we love silver linings here on COVID Noise Filter. Now, the pandemic has caused a huge increase in participation in citizen science. Now, who doesn't love that? We love it when you all get involved with science. Now, citizen science is where people without specialized or scientific training collect data out in the world or perform simple data analysis online to help scientists. And let me just say this, thank you to all of you who do that. Because citizen science contributes to and accelerates the work that scientists can do. Early in the pandemic, citizen science platforms like Zooniverse or SciStarter, where scientists asked the public to analyze their data online, started blowing up with incoming data. It serves as a form of crowdsourcing and gives people the opportunity to contribute to science while also meeting and working with new people. Now, one example of a Zooniverse project asked participants to classify animals in images from wildlife cameras. Zooniverse reported that 200,000 participants contributed to 5 million classifications of images in one week alone, the equivalent of 48 years of research. And citizen scientists are also contributing to coronavirus virus research as well. Because researchers at Carnegie Mellon University set up a platform 
where volunteers can help artificial intelligence predict the spread of the coronavirus. Researchers at the University of Washington enlisted people to contribute to COVID-19 drug discovery using a computer game where they experimented with designing proteins that could attach to the virus that causes COVID-19 and prevent it from entering cells. So, the top three reasons that citizen scientists gave when asked why they want to spend hours looking at the data were, one, wanting to contribute to meaningful science, two, wanting to enjoy pleasant distraction from everyday life. Now, who doesn't want that? And three, wanting to be part of a supportive community. Yes, we love you in the scientific community. We welcome you and embrace you with open arms. Now, the coronavirus quarantine has intensified that. Experts on solitude say it's vital for people to have a sense of purpose, to get through isolation, and distraction helps as well. What better way to be distracted than by looking at beautiful images or working on ways to help end the pandemic? Such a great story, and thank you all who have been helping us out with the coronavirus and helping to examine data. We so, so, so gratefully appreciate it. Thank you. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.